So for today, I'm going to start off with a statement that isn't very surprising when I say it. It might even be a little bit humorous uh, when I say it. But even though it's not surprising, it has what I found to be some very surprising implications this week in particular that helped me prioritize my life uh, in a more grace-filled, Jesus-centered way. And so here is the statement uh, that did that. It's this, I am human. Now, the not surprising part of that is, to the best of my memory, I've never had a period in my life where I thought I was an alien, right? So, so it's obvious that I was human. I did have a part of my life where I thought I might be a superhuman, but that didn't work out so well. So, 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 but, but, but that's not the surprising part. The surprising implication of this statement is this. I don't know your expectations for me, but I know my expectations for me. And my expectations for me are really, really high. As a matter of fact, they're so high that I don't expect any human can actually do what I expect out of myself. And so the surprising implication of this statement is this. I am human, which means I am not God. Right? I am human, I am not God. This week has been one of those weeks for me. Maybe, maybe you've had a week like I have, where instead of getting ahead every day, I found myself getting further and further behind every day, right? And now, my typical response on weeks like that is just to push through, right? To work, to work longer days, to work extra hours, uh, to run with everything I've got to meet a deadline. And when I do that, here's what happens. I get it done, But what also happens is my stress level is out the ceiling, right? As as all of that progresses, so does my stress. This week, though, I was reminded by the Holy Spirit, and I'm thankful it was early this week, um, that I'm not only human, but that it's okay to be human. Right? It's okay for me to not get it all done because I can't do it all. For example, if you're in my office, there are five thank you cards that I need to write that have been there for three weeks. So if you are a first-time giver in December, it's coming. The thank you card is coming. I say there's five. There's a little more. If you, if you gave in the last week of December for the first time, that's what those thank you cards are, and you will get it. I think Emily Post says I have six weeks, so I'm going with that, right? If y'all don't know who Emily Post is, I'm sorry. But that, that's kind of been my week. I, I can't get it all done. And I'm curious if we all expect more out of ourselves than we can deliver. Right? I'm curious if it's not just me. Here's how we can know. Anybody ever get to the end of your day and still need another day just to get the stuff done that you didn't get done today? Or even just to get some of the stuff done that you didn't get done today? How about this? Anybody ever go to bed exhausted just to wake up exhausted? If so, I've got some good news for you, right? And it's the same news that Jesus had for me, and it is this. It is okay to be human. As a matter of fact, guess what? God designed you to be human. He didn't design you to be God. Now, what does this have to do with our message today? I hope everything. Because today, here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about what Jesus has to say about what we value, all right? And here's what we're going to see. 
we're going to see that what you value shows who you are. What you value shows who you are. And, and we're going to see this in the, in the application of investing your time and money and talents into the church. But, but here's the tendency of a message like this. It's easy to think, because we preachers love to have you think this. Well, it's easy to think this because we can unintentionally do this. I actually don't love it, but it's easy to think in a message like this where we talk about giving your time and giving your money and giving your talents to the church, it's easy to think that you should do it all, right? That you should give away all your money just like the widow did. That you should give away all your time and all your talents uh, and and everything that you own uh, just like the disciples did. And the lie that we can believe in a sermon like this the lie that we can believe is I should do it all. Now, y'all hear me. I don't, I don't want you to do everything. Right? Do y'all hear me on that? I don't want you to do everything. As a matter of fact, I don't want you to feel like you should do anything. I think grace has a much bigger motive than shoulds. What I want you to do is I want you to do the thing that God is asking you to do. That's the thing that I want you to do. And so here's what I want you to consider as we go into today's message, is how does what I value impact where I invest? How does what you value impact where you invest your time, where you invest your, where you invest your money, where you invest, invest your resources and talents? Now, last week, I read our vision statement for the church, and it is a big statement, and, and it, is, it, is, it has a place for everyone to join in. Today, what we're going to see is that this vision doesn't even have a chance of becoming a reality, depending on what we value, what, we, what you value as a person, what we value as a church. Our text today is going to be Matthew 6. We're going to be in verses 19 through 21. If you need a Bible, there's some in front of you. Um, uh, And and if you don't have a Bible, please take that one with you. In that Bible, it's on page 671. And what this is, this is is the book of Matthew. And Matthew is is writing down his account of Jesus' sermon that we know Sermon on the Mount is what we call it. And in this one sermon... Jesus talked about prayer, he talked about love, he talked about divorce, he talked about adultery, he talked about making promises, he talked about fasting, he talked about anxiety, he talked about living out the Christian life, and he talked about what you value. And so let's look and see what he says in Matthew 6, verse 19. He says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. And so Jesus is making this bold statement in this very uh, complex sermon that he's giving. And, and, and this, this statement is, is a life-altering statement for those uh, who hear it. And, and what he does is he uses this word treasure, right? He says, he says, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth. Now, when I say the word treasure, what comes to your mind? Gold. Yes. What else comes to mind? Pirates. pirates. Who said pirates? Yes, pirates. Pirates. Right? Because that's what they get. They collect treasures. And, and, and that treasure is gold and money and jewelry and all this stuff. What's interesting 
is, is when we hear the word treasure, that's oftentimes what we think of is what's in the treasure chest, right? It's the money, it's the gold, it's, it's, it's whatever. When, when, when Jesus used this word, uh, he wasn't talking about what's in the treasure chest, per se. This word describes what holds the treasure. This word is, is, is like a treasure chest or a vault, Right? For, for Harry Potter fans, it's, it's what, you know, it's the vault that, that Harry Potter's family left all the money in. It's the, po- the, 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 the vault that had the, the Sorcerer's Stone and, and Bellatrix's all her stuff, right? That's, that's what he's describing. It's what holds treasure. And so this word treasure is more like a chest or, or a vault. And here's why this is important. Because when we read the word treasure, we think about money. But what Jesus is talking about is more than money. He's talking about what you value. He's talking about anything that you value. And he's saying there's this treasure chest. And in this chest, you can put anything that has value to you. It could be money, right? If you value money. It could be time, if you value your time. It could be your reputation, if you value your reputation, it could, be, it could be your approval from others. If you value that, it could be your image, what people think of you. It could be that. And his point is what goes into this treasure chest has a certain quality to it, right? That what goes into this treasure chest could be something that doesn't last. In other words, what he's saying, and he wants people to pay attention to this, is, is what you value could actually have no value, no real value at all. Earthly possessions return to earth. If it's from the earth, it will one day return to the earth. The money that's in that treasure will one day be worth less and less and less until eventually it's worthless. That's the way money works. Right? I was doing a mission trip in Latvia once. And it was shortly after, uh, Latvia was a Russian-occupied country for, for years, and then Russia left. And so it was during this transition of moving from, from Russian rule to Latvian rule. And what had happened is their currency also changed. And so we were there uh, months after that transition happened, and people were telling stories about how the money that they had the week before was now completely worthless. That every bit of cash that they had meant nothing to them anymore. And so, so, so the week before, the money that they got paid for the work that they did to earn, the next week was completely worthless. Years of savings, worthless. I even had one guy tell me he was standing outside the bank and he saw this guy outside the bank literally throwing money into the trash because it was that worthless. That the week before, that was his paycheck that he cashed. And then today, he was throwing it in the trash because it was completely worthless. You see, here's the question for us. How do you know if what you put in your treasure chest, how do you know if what you value has real value? Is what you value an earthly possession? Well, Jesus tells us it has these two qualities. If this is what you value with these two qualities, then it has no real value. And here's what he says. He says, he says, uh, how to know, he says, he says, can it waste away or can it be taken away? That's what it means where, raw, where, where rust and moth destroy is that it'll waste away. Where thieves can come in, it can be taken away. And so if it has these qualities, Jesus says, this is an earthly possession. 
If what you value can waste away or be taken away, then it has no real value. So let me ask you, church, can money waste away or be taken away? Yes. Can any possession that you have waste away or be taken away? Yes. Let me ask you this. Let's get a little more theoretical. Can your reputation waste away or be taken away? Yeah. Can your image waste away or be taken away? All the gray-haired people say amen. (laughs) Right? Can your approval by others waste away or be taken away? Yes. So Jesus' statement here is don't put those things in your treasure chest. And it's not like you can't have them and can't enjoy, enjoy them to some degree. Money's fine to have. Right? But don't put it in your treasure chest. Because you must remember at some point it will waste away or it might be taken away. Don't put them in your treasure chest as the ultimate possession to value. I heard the statement once, you'll never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. Right? Because that's true. So the question is, what do you put in this treasure chest? What does have value? Well, look at verse 20. Because Jesus says, he says, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. Where neither, rot, where neither moth nor rust destroy, destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. And so these heavenly things, what, what are these things that we can put in our treasure chest? Things that don't waste away or can't be taken away? What are some of these things? See, here's what we have to remember. When Jesus is teaching this, he's teaching this to a Jewish crowd. And here's what a Jewish crowd would understand. They would understand a Jewish way of thinking. And they would understand the scriptures, uh, what we call the Old Testament. They would understand those. Because a lot of them, in their earliest years, they used the scriptures to learn to read and write. And so, so what we used to, to spend five or ten minutes a day in to have our daily quiet time, that was the anchor of their culture. And the core of who they were. That, this Old Testament that we have, they knew as the scriptures. And that is what they... they they clung to and read and learned from. And so they knew verses like this in Micah. In Micah 6, 8. The prophet says, He has told you, old man, o, o man, not old man, O man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with our God? You see, these are the things that have real value. Why? Because these are God's things. These are the things that God produces. These are the things that God does. And and heaven is God's house. And so these are the things that will be in heaven. These are the things like love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, justice, and mercy. All of these things are the things that are in God's house. And Jesus says these are the things that you store up. These are the things that Jesus tells us to value. And so what you value could have everlasting value. It could go in a place where, where it won't waste away and where it can't be taken away. And so how do you do this? How do you store up love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control and justice and mercy? How in the world do you do all that? Well, the question is, What's in your heart? What do you value? 
What is at the core of who you are? Because that's why Jesus says this in verse 21. For where your treasure is, so where that treasure chest is, there your heart will be also. You see, Jesus is telling his listeners this incredible truth. And he's telling them what you value makes you who you are. What you value makes you who you are. In Financial Peace, where I did the announcement about getting your budget right, uh, which kicks off next week. Like I said, all those kick off next week. But one of the first things Financial Peace has you do is to keep track of every dollar you spend. And just watch where every dollar, every penny goes that you spend. And here's what it does. It shows you what you value with your money. And in showing you what you value, it shows you what makes you who you are. Which honestly, sometimes is scary to see on paper, isn't it? Because what you might see, oftentimes people discover they love expensive coffee. Right? They love to drive through and get their coffee. They love to eat out. And if you look at what that values, it could be they value convenience. If you look a little bit closer, it could be they value convenience because perhaps they're impatient. Right? They might value driving a nice car or paying way too much for housing. And so perhaps they value their image too much. And so the challenge for them is simple. The challenge for them is, okay, then change your budget. Because changing what you value changes who you are. And I was talking to a person who went through financial peace. And so she, she, she did the, the whole budget thing. And, 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 and she went into financial peace because her budget never worked every month. She ran out of money before she ran out of days, right, at the end of the month. And, and, and so she went into financial peace to fix this. And so they had her do her budget. And that's what she discovered. She discovered she loves Target, right? And she loves how Target tells her what to buy. And so she goes in needing to get dishwashing detergent and comes out with a really cute sweater and dishwashing detergent and a couple of other things. And so it helped her kind of get this under control. And so, so once they wrote it down, once they talked about it, then her leader said, okay, now here's what I want you to do. Start tithing 10% right off the gate because she hadn't given anything to her church in years because she never had the money to do it, she thought. And she goes, no, there's no way I can do that. I don't have enough money to make it to the end of the month. And he goes, trust me, do it and see what happens. So she wrote the check at the first of the month when she got her paycheck to the church for 10% of her income. And what that forced her to do was to reprioritize everything else. And what that showed her is that the issue wasn't with her bank account. The issue was with her heart. And so it made her change her heart about what she spent her money on. And the first month that she did it, she said, you're not going to believe this. I had $4 left over at the end of the month. She said, I can't tell you when the last month was that I had money left over. And that was with tithing to the church and giving to the church. But the bigger issue wasn't her tithing. The bigger issue was what was going on in her heart. And so because of this, of this change, because of this life-giving principle that, that, that Jesus says, this is what Jesus shows us, is that you can change, in changing what you value, you change who you are. And so let me ask you a question. 
What's in your treasure chest today? Now, y'all remember, I said it's okay to be what? It's okay to be human, right? I want us to dig deep today and realize there is grace and mercy that covers you. And so I want you to, to, to really think through these questions. What's in your treasure chest today that doesn't need to be there anymore? Is there something in there that, that, that's wasting away? Is there something in there that can be taken away? If it's money and you're afraid it'll be taken away, here's what that looks like. You won't give money away. You won't be generous. If it's your reputation, and, and if that's what you value and you're afraid that that's going to be taken away, here's what that looks like. You have a hard time with forgiveness. You have a hard time with forgiveness. You can't forgive others because you've got to be right. What if approval is what's in your treasure chest? If that's what's in your treasure chest, then you won't be able to speak the truth when the truth is needed. What if you value your image? How people from a distance perceive you. Well, then that means you can't fail and you can't make a mistake and it means you can't receive forgiveness for when you do. And so church, do you know that Jesus wants better for you? That's why he spoke these words. He didn't speak them to condemn. He spoke them to change. And here's what I know. Every person in this room and every person listening in on this podcast We all value something that has no real value. Why? Because we're human. Like for me, I hate it when somebody tells me that I failed them. Like I get emotional just thinking about it. Isn't that silly? Because that's what needs to change in me. Because when I value that, I can't learn and I can't grow. Because you know what? Here's the hard reality. I'm going to fail you. Often. Why? Because I'm human. That's what we do. This needs to change in me, and it is changing in me by the grace and mercy of God and good counselors and and, and wise people around me. But the truth is, we all need to change. This is our core purpose here at Fellowship. We want to be a place where you, where everyone can experience life change. It's the heart of our gospel, right? It's the heart of of, of Jesus' death and resurrection. He did all of that so we could have this life-giving, life-changing relationship based on grace and mercy with the God who loves us and the God who created us. And so maybe you don't need to change what's in your treasure chest. Maybe, maybe you need to step back a little bit and zoom out a little bit because maybe you need a whole new treasure chest. right? Maybe, maybe the heart is actually what is the issue. And Jesus died so that you can have a brand new treasure chest. He died so that you can have a brand new heart. As a matter of fact, in Ezekiel, uh, the prophet said this. God speaking through this prophet said, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit within you. And if you go on to read it, he says he'll take out the heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh. And, and that's what our God does. And so, so maybe this is the change that you need. Maybe Maybe you need a brand new heart. And the language we use here at Fellowship is very simple. That means saying yes to Jesus. Yes, that he is your savior. Yes, 
that he is the Messiah that has been talked about from the beginning of time. Yes, his death and resurrection were real, and they were real because you, because you had a real problem of sin that separated you from God. And when you say yes to Jesus, it removes that barrier. And so, so, so maybe today you can say yes to Jesus, and in saying yes, you get this new heart that you can put things in with everlasting value. And for those of us who have said yes to Jesus, the question for us is, 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 is we need to change too, right? We still got stuff in our heart that isn't everlasting stuff. It's stuff with no real value. None of us in this room are done yet. We have a heavenly father who loves us and he loves us more than we can ever imagine. And in this love for us, he wants us to change. So here's what we have to consider is what do you value that has no real value? And here's why this is important, and here's why it's in this series called Why Church, because what you value impacts where you invest. And so here's what I want us to do as a church, is I want us to invest in those things which have everlasting value. I want us to invest in love. I want us to invest in mercy. I want us to invest in justice, in patience, and in goodness, and in kindness, and in gentleness. Let's invest in what increases more of God in this city. And if this interests you, I've got a couple of things that you can consider. Right? Some of these are, are really big and, and take some time and, 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 and some don't. Um, one of the things that we are always looking for is we're looking for elders. And so in your growth groups, growth group leaders and, and those in the church, if you see a man who is eldering, and by that I mean like he is caring for people in the congregation and he is leading with wisdom and leading with this grace-filled, spirit-filled uh, uh, leadership, let us know because we would love to, to talk to him about being an elder. But I also have something else that we're kicking off. And it's a church word. Um, and so I'll explain it in, 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 in so that we'll all get a grasp of it. But we're going to use the church word, the biblical word, because it's, it's there. It's in the Bible. We're kicking off deacons here at Fellowship. Uh, we've had, we haven't had deacons before. When we were at the Y, our growth group leaders functioned as deacons in many ways. Uh, but now that we have a building and, and we're developing a reputation in the community, we feel like it's an important time. And so deacons are men and, men and women um, who are lead servants. Right? They're different than elders. Elders are overseers, and they oversee the doctrine and discipline and direction of the church, and, and as issues of discernment are needed, that's what, that's what elders do. So, so they're big picture. Deacons are servants, but they're not only servants, they're lead servants, and so they lead others in serving the needs of the people and the needs of the, of the actual physical property here. And so we're looking for men and women who are gifted and talented and want to invest their time and talents uh, into being a deacon. Right now, we're looking at three specific areas. We're looking at facilities, like this building, uh, because, you know, like half the wall's painted. Not even half, because we got the back. Like, like some of you are looking around going, what? I never noticed. I love y'all. I love y'all that you can walk into a room and not notice. I, I do, every time I'm in here. We need people to lead volunteers just for the facilities and the upkeep and all that stuff. We're, we're looking for deacons uh, to, to men and women for congregational care. 
Like sometimes people in the hospitals and sometimes they're not in groups and, and, and we need people to care for those that have no one to care for them. And that starts here, but it also overflows into the community in our areas of service. And so if that interests you, then, then, then let me know. And then we're looking for deacons to serve in, in finances and just help us be better at managing money and budget projection and even collecting the offering and stuff like that. And so listen, if, if, if you or someone when you know is a man or a woman who would, who would, who would qualify as a deacon, and those, those, I, can give, I can send you the, the, the PDF on what that looks like, um, email me, fred at fellowshipashville.com, and I would love to talk to you more about that. But for everyone, um, for everyone here, what I'd love for us to do is to be a church that invests in those things that have everlasting value. And so let me pray for us as we figure out what that looks like. Let's pray. Jesus, you are good. And you, um, you want us to invest in things that have everlasting value. And so I pray for all of us here today, Jesus, that, that we would do that. That we would find those things that have everlasting value, that promote love and promote mercy and righteousness and, and justice and peace and and, and, and that we would invest our time, money, talents, and resources into those things. Because those are the things uh, that are your things. And so give us the wisdom. Give us the discernment to know the difference. And may we dive headfirst into them. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.